Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day. We have CEO Talks, but today is a very special CEO Talks because we have, not only do we have our resident contributors, you know who these gentlemen are, but we have the, some of the most important people in their lives, and that is their wives. So today, we are going to be talking about love and CEOing, you know, how to how to uh, keep a healthy relationship, uh, and actually, how do, is it that these young ladies tolerate entrepreneurs as spouses? So we want to get to the bottom of this, but before we do so, I would like for everyone to go around and introduce themselves. So please, uh, Melissa, would you please start us off? Sure. My name is Melissa Wanish, and I'm also a CEO. Oh, closer. Here we go. First time on the radio here. Thank you very much. Won't be the last. All right. Uh, yeah, so I'm also um, uh, an entrepreneur with my husband, kind of a different uh, scenario here. And uh, and so I'm the founder of Ruby Thursday. It's a tutorial site for junior Rails developers. And I have uh, little Ruby snacks every week and different uh, meetup talks. And I live code from now and now then. So that's what I do with okay. Todd. Awesome. She's got that soft voice. Yeah, she does. She's got that touch. (laughs) touch. Uh, My name is Todd Wanish, and uh, I am uh, a significant other and uh, founder of uh, Clever Era, as well as, uh, I guess, co-founder of Ruby Thursday. So Melissa and I uh, tag team. We pretty much work on everything together. So she focuses on back-end development. I focus on front-end development and business and marketing stuff. And uh, yeah, Kevin, thank you for the uh, invitation to the uh, CEO conversation. <laughs> CEO, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, and our other beautiful couple here. Absolutely. Go first, please. Hi, um, I am Danielle Fondren, and I'm a wife of Eric Fondren. And um, I'm also right now working as a program manager uh, for a substance abuse um, place. So that's what I'm doing now. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, my name is Eric Fondren, and I'm the CEO of Itelio, uh, a digital out-of-home advertising company. Um, and here with uh, the team trying to get down to to the uh, the questions at heart, Kev. Hey, well, you know, uh, I like that. Ke- questions at heart, Kev. I'm not Kevin Hart, <laughs> but you know I'm here. <laughs> but we're here. I guess, um, man, you know, number one, I want to say thank you uh, to Melissa and Danielle both for allowing you guys to sneak out on Sundays, you know, every month and come and be a part of the Create Your Life uh, series. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So now you guys know where, the guy, where these guys actually are <laughs> right. and what it is that they're doing. <laughs> um, but I guess my first question out the gates is I see that, you know, sometimes it, it can be difficult 
you know, just in dating period. And you both have mastered or yeah, have mastered, uh, you know, having a successful relationship. So, you know, in a world full of others, how did you know that your particular spouse was the one? Um, and any of you all can answer, but we always hear from you two. So, you know, we really want to hear from the ladies. Um, I can talk first. I knew when Eric was the one, um, just simply because he felt different um, than all the other people that I had come across. And um, there was something about his consistency that I find can be difficult in the dating process that everyone is always looking for the next best thing. And so when you're interacting with them, you can really kind of feel that they're entertaining so many other people and you're just an option. Um, And so I felt I got to a certain point in my life where I knew that I wanted someone who was compassion, compassionate, you know, and just could show me that they were consistent. And with Eric, that was there pretty much from the get go. And we have so much in common um, that I just felt super comfortable being myself. And I think when the person that you're with just inspires you to be yourself, not to put on, you know, not to, you know, try to be something that you're not purely yourself, then that is the person for you. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, I absolutely second that. That was exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. It was really um, telling, I think, the first time that my parents uh, met Mm -hmm. Todd. Mm -hmm. And um, he went away to the restroom. And I was really like, okay, guys, what do you think? What do you think? And and they were really like, well, Melissa, we just love how you're so much yourself with him as opposed to any other you know, gentlemen we've met. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's really it. You know, there's no um, there's no barriers. There's no right. uh, <laughs> there's nothing to be hidden. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's when I sort of knew. And and uh, you know, and Todd actually makes me be better yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, just a thinking self. that that they inspire so. you to be your best self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how no secrets is the secret, right? Being able to take down all the walls yeah, and making right. sure that, you know, who you are in your worst of times is accepted. So being comfortable showing that to yourself or showing that to your other so that they have the opportunity to accept it. You know, it's a, a give and take, I think, that requires a lot of practice. But when it, it's done well, yeah. it's, it's good. I'll, I'll tell you, on, on the flip side, um, for me, a, a lot of it was... Um, when, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is kind of hard for a lot of people to deal with because it's not, it's not the kind of job, it's not like a workaholic job where you're just like, um, right. you know, you're, you're always, it's, it's not something it's you not hate to do. It's not an escape. <laughs> it's something that you do because you want to do it. You choose to do it and you love to do it. At least in, in I think our cases, yeah, absolutely. um, it's what I love to do. Like, like there's no day off because I don't want there to be a day off unless I really want a day off. Right. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for, for when Melissa and I were dating and when we were courting, I think a, a lot of it from my perspective was when she came over to the studio and, and saw my workload and saw what I did. And I honestly knew my moment was when um, she, she came into our studio and she ended up, she just picked up and she just started helping. And, you know, first it was like, 
almost ad- administration stuff, you know, and, and I think maybe she was just bored. I, I don't know. But she, she really was genuine and she did want to help. And then before I knew it, I, I remember the moment is I actually, um, at the time we had a, a painting series, so we were doing a lot of visual art stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of paintings that needed to, to be finished. We, had, we were behind on a deadline. And I remember sitting there and I was working and doing an animated project as well. And I stopped for a second and I turned around because she was behind me, you know, the painting stuff was behind me. I turn around and here she is, someone with no fine art background, um, but she was on a ladder painting, helping me wow. paint like this wow. painting, like just background stuff. And I was like, she like she came, she stepped up to bat. You know what I mean? It wasn't just it wasn't just about dating and it wasn't just about about being with somebody. It was that she was she understood at the moment I recognized that she understood me and understood what I do mm-hmm. and was going to allow me to be myself and not say, Why are you working all the time? You know? Right. Like you know, it, it's really it's really tough to put up with us, honestly. Like I give you guys. You know the beauty of that is that Melissa's face is like, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that that was such an amazing thing. Have I never told you that? <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> That's really That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm loving this. And I'm just I'm just hearing the organicness. I feel like the story that you told Melissa, Todd wasn't aware of that because he, he kind of looked surprised yeah. and then, you know, vice versa. So I guess we're finding out, you know, we're uncovering some of the greatness that has uh, sparked the chemistry between you all. Uh, and then I want to say also, I feel like the fellas have on their extra R&B voices right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and Todd's laughing real hard right now. <laughs> I'm out of breath, man. I rushed here. <laughs> but I, I love it. The, the, the chemistry. So I think one of the other things that people sometimes get caught up on when um, when trying to figure out, you know, if someone's the one is they're always looking for perfection in someone else. Uh, can you all speak on that and how important or how someone should let go of that when trying to find someone who can uh, be with them along their journey? Oh, yeah. It's not about loving the good parts of somebody. It's about also loving uh, and accepting the not so great parts. You know, I think I think that's when you know that it's it's long term. And, you know, the the worst of somebody is something you can put up with or enjoy or uh, compliment. Uh, I think that's definitely when you know that's that's the person long term, Uh, you know. And then I used a phrase, I think, this week um, that, uh, you know, we all have these habits when you live with someone, they get on each other's nerves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, this this is the thing you get to be grumpy about in the, on the inside. <laughs> you know? So, so it's, I don't uh, put things in the uh, sink in quite the right way. And he never uh, unfolds his socks. It's just dish so. Tetris. It's dish Tetris. Yeah, you stack so. things so that things don't break. Yeah. That's the, that's the job of the sink. Yeah. So, and he always rolls up his socks... So that I have to unroll them before laundry. And that's the thing. I get to be grumpy about on the inside because there's some things you're just not going to change. You know, the socks. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Oh, wow. Hold on. It sounds like the sock situation is going between households. (laughs) (laughs) But have you ever seen that? There's like this uh, this Facebook video, this guy that says if you put the, the pizza box and the dirty dishes on top of this table, then it magically disappears and it's his wife like cleaning it (laughs) and then like she leaves like and like basically leaves for good and the police come in he says man it's the magic table watch if you put it on here it's a magic table (laughs) and then um basically the the other cop the cop who came in like to investigate the situation like my wife is missing then he's like oh yeah i have a magic table at my house too 
<laughs> oh, <no>. So, <laughs> I don't know, bad joke, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really? so then, yeah, what is your perspective? You see, you see how all the all the women are just like, yeah, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and men too, because we're just like, I, I can't say that. Yeah, that's not something I'm allowed to say. I mean, listen, everybody is good at some things and not so good at others, and I think that's part of you know having a partner and just kind of being understanding of that, even though. You know, these these little things that kind of irk you or just really kind of tap dance on that nerve. Um, You know, ultimately, like my favorite thing to do is just to decide, you know what, that's not worth bringing up. You know, it, it, because mm-hmm. it's going to bring about, you know, an issue that mm-hmm. just doesn't need to to ruin our night or, yeah. you know, especially if it's something that is just always there, like. A sock issue, you know, sock issue. or dishes, or like, like I leave cups around, and Eric hates that. Like, I can what? take, I can literally oh drink God. one. What? For me, I do that. I too. like to use the same glass all day. Okay, <laughs> I will just leave it there, and then I'll rinse it out and use it again later. I don't understand using fifty different cups all day long. Eric will literally pick up my cup as soon as I leave it. I come back for more juice. I'm like, where's my cup? I had a cup. I, <laughs> where's my cup? I always know to ask him because he has <laughs> taken my cup. That's because um, we, we just see it as a milestone that has to be cleared off the board. Oh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, somebody watched Captain Planet. You know what I mean? They understand yeah. the, the goodness uh, of recycling. Thank you. Know you. Know what I mean? Thank see, you. That's Kevin. what I'm saying. I'm on your, I'm on your team, Danny. <laughs> I hear that. I have this um, water container that I use consistently, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's how yeah. I rock. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. But perfection. Um, I think... It's really interesting because I think it's it can be really easy to look for perfection when you're on the hunt or dating um, because you might feel that you're your best self. But um, ultimately, no one is perfect and you have to have as much compassion for, you know, the people coming into your life as you do for yourself. Um, and I think ultimately, like no one became perfect overnight. Um, but you can work on your relationship so that um, your relationship gets to the best point that it possibly can be. But if you're expecting someone to just be this perfect person, you're just in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. And you're just you're, you're really never going to find that person because you're always looking for perfection. And it's just always it's, it's a goal that you're going to constantly have to chase, particularly in a person, um, you know. You can have really great people. Eric is an amazing guy and all of his wonderful qualities. I just like to look at those first, you know, before I look at the other things, you know, and I hope that he does the same for me. Yeah, um, definitely. I think the first, when it started to click, like, yes, this person's right for me, was the days when we would catch up while we were just dating and either one of us wouldn't be in the perfect mood. And so what do you do with that? Are you going to let it be a bad date? You're going to ruin the road to falling in love? No. Right. You, you sit back and you say, what's this person probably gone through today? Probably had a, lo- a bad day at work. Mm-hmm. They're stressed out and needs a bit of a break. What can I do to help break up that, you know, that emotional um, strain that she's going through? And so I remember this. There was this one time we were out and it was obvious she'd had a long day. <laughs> And we'd only just so started tired. dating, so there, it wasn't like, you know, I had some emotional pull and I could just kick her out of her funk. I had to work at it. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to break this physical barrier. And so I touched, like, her hand or her knee or something, and it was, it was like the stress <laughs> melted oh, from her. Man. And, it, it, you know, ultimately it's about <laughs> showing that you care even, in, even when you're just 
reading their nonverbal cues. Yeah. You, know, you don't always have to say everything. Sometimes uh, a touch or a look um, or gesture makes as much sense as anything else would. I'm glad you guys are touching on this. And so because you have, you know, of course, this expertise now, um, what are, let's say, three things that you feel like someone should uh, be looking for um, before uh, investing in a long-term relationship with someone? I think Danielle started out the whole conversation with one word, consistency. Okay. Mm -hmm. So definitely. And how does consistency look? Because consistency can be, you know, you can consistently make a phone call, but I'm sure there's other efforts that need to be made, right? Well, it's definitely not a, you know, good morning, beautiful text. Like, it has to be more than that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Action. (laughs) Action. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, I mean, consistency, I think, also in, um, you know, caring about somebody and about um, about just just being there for somebody and mm-hmm. and, you know, choosing to be there again through the rough parts mm-hmm. and not saying, you know, OK, well, you handle that. You know, I think yeah. that's I think that's also a, a, a clear thing when when the other person goes through some sort of crisis. I think that's always the key is. If if it's gonna continue or not, uh, so you're gonna you're gonna look for people who want to be there with you during during the downtime mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and so um, and then support. somebody who can can be themselves. You know, if, if I think that's also the consistency. So if they show you one side of themselves mm. in this certain situation, and they mm-hmm. seem completely different in another, that's a red flag. I mean, yeah. that's that's you know, I think that. I certainly remember past relationships where that was the flag and I should have looked at it more carefully. Um, but I think that's sort of what I see with consistency and, and, but also willing to, to make fun of themselves or, or appreciate the humor in the situation. Yes. Lightheartedness. There yeah. you go. You appreciate just not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll just to, to add to that. Um, the truth is, is that when we're all in our, 80s, we're all going to look the same anyway. <laughs> so, you know, you got to be able to get past the get past the right. physical traits. Not that you know it, it helps, right? But at the same time, um, you need to be attracted not just exterior but interior. You really have mm-hmm. to connect with that person and, and be able to be like, look, this is at least with with our case. I think if you know you're, you're considering marriage or you're considering you know the rest of your being with somebody the rest of your life, you know. The, you never know what happens. You know what I mean? You got to really see that person for who that person is and really be able to connect with that person beyond just the surface level. Mm. Yeah. I okay. think another thing is don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I think when you're single, we kind of do the most to kind of protect our vulnerability because we're so nervous. Sorry. We're so nervous that um, that someone will take advantage of that. Um, or hurt us or bring more pain or whatever. And so you really want to just kind of take a risk um, and open yourself up because I think when you're able to do that, it you're going to see really quickly if the other person is willing to do that That's as true. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're not, then that kind of is really clear, you know, about like who they are and what they really want from you. Or if, if they see you long term, if they're unable to just kind of open up to you um, and meet you at that, you know, emotionally open level, then they're not where you are or where you want to be. And so, you know, you should know at that point that it's just not worth investing your time in. I like that. And so what I want to do is, is go a little bit deeper even into that question and ask you, what are three things that you should know 
before dating an entrepreneur. Oh, man. Or about dating an entrepreneur. Interesting. That the work never stops. It's not nine to five. <laughs> that's for sure. It's not nine to five. And it takes a long time. The, the, yeah. the seeds that get sown two or three, five years earlier, it takes that long to really start to see the results. Mm-hmm. And that kind of patience um, sometimes sometimes is harder, you know, mm-hmm. to really to really see it through mm-hmm. um, and, and understand, you know, the journeys and some things, especially with entre- entrepreneurship, you have to take those risks and be willing to fail. And I think the failures, you're going to have to be okay with failure. Mm-hmm. You, ha- mm-hmm. you have to see the other person go through failure and you have to live that with them. And because that's, that's the, it's part of the point, you know, you're going to try these different things until something really works. And even when that works, you want to refine it. You want to, you have to keep failing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the hardest part for me is I don't like to fail. Yeah. I don't like it at all. And so um, you'll, if you play board games with me, I don't like to lose. Like, it's really like hard. It. She's very competitive. Um, even with nine-year-olds or something. Like, I really, <laughs> she's in oh, trouble. Real. I'm not going to let her win. Um, so, so you really have to understand that the failure isn't a failure of yourself. And it's not a failure in the other person. So you shouldn't see, you know, if you see someone trying to build their own business and mm. you want to support that and they make a failure, that's not a reflection of, of that person. Okay. And I think that's something to know when you're, you're dating someone who's building a business. Okay. I guess I would, because you said that, um, something else that, that comes to mind is how important is it of how someone handles uh, failure or disappointment? Right when you're dating them as oh, the yeah. entrepreneur, absolutely it's right because you're 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 scale. in supportive, yeah, right. But you, as you said, you know, if somebody's Dr. Jekyll and, and you know Mr. Hyde, yeah, it's huge. You know what I mean? That's that red flag. So, you know, from your perspectives, um, and I mean, you you both your situation, Todd and Melissa, is very unique in the fact that you're both so uh, uh, entrepreneurs. So I'm wondering, you know, from that perspective, and also of course Daniel and, and Eric. Yeah, I mean, from our perspective, I mean. One of the things that helps us out, too, is that as we've gotten to know each other over the years, um, we really are yin and yang. Like, we're very opposite. So the things that I'm horrible at, she's very, very good at. And the things that she might not be so good at, I, I kind of pick up the slack a little bit. And just as Melissa was talking about failure and understanding what entrepreneurial failure is and how to deal with it as a significant other or as someone that's in the relationship, because you feel it, too, mm-hmm. um, from my perspective... At the time, uh, I was doing a lot of uh, freelance work and consulting work, and I, was, I had been doing it for years. So I was very, very, very used to um, having income and having that hill and then the drop-off. So that, that roller coaster, mm-hmm. like, oh, look, we're flush with cl- cash. Oh, no, we're really broke. Oh, no, we have flush with cash. Oh, no, we're really broke. And it took a minute for me to, you know, that's my normal at the time, you know, that was for me, that was very normal. So to see somebody else and, and be able to empathize, you know, empathize and see her, see Melissa, when I saw her react to that, I was like, Oh, she's not used to this. That's that right. This isn't normal. (laughs) Right. And then honestly, that made me step up my game. So not only did it make me, uh, kind of try to soften that, but it also made me pick, you know, kick my business up a notch because I was like, I don't want her to have to experience that. Not only do I not want to, I might not want to experience it, but I'm used to it. Right. You know, so let me try to get out of that so that I can help her and therefore help us get to that next level. Right. Right. I think for us, you know, we had very similar 
times and struggles in the beginning where we just that Eric was, I think, what, in 2012 when we met, Eric was really in the trenches with his business. Um, A few and, different and, businesses. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to make it work. And we were, um, you know, as I was trying to, as I was learning, you know, what he was interested in and what he was doing, I could see that no matter what it was, that he was a hard worker and he's like super taskmaster, puts his head down and just gets it done. And so part of that makes it easier um, as the person who's dating an entrepreneur, because even though like the money might not be there at that moment um, and you may not know kind of like what they're spending their time doing because you don't necessarily like, see you know, you may not see it like he went to a lot of meetings and, you know, like a lot of things were just like on the computer and numbers and codes. And, you know, I don't that's not really my thing. And so um, but I knew that he was working at something and working really hard at something. Um, and when he made when he hit different milestones, you know, we talked about it and I was really excited for him. And so for me, it was just, you know, kind of picking up the slack when it came to, you know, just kind of providing a little bit more, you know, so that because I knew if he was if this one area was taken care of, um, like for, for Eric, when he's working really hard, like he just doesn't eat, you know, um, he forgets. It's the, it's the little things. Turn into um, a zombie. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, um, you're kind of wasting away. So here's some food. Uh, <laughs> you know, like just look up for a second. Um, and so, you know, sometimes that's what I mean by just like the having compassion. Um, entrepreneurs, that's if you're not in that field, if that's not your passion or your talent, um, then it can be really difficult to understand it. But you do see hard work. And, you know, if you're someone who sees the work that's going in, then you appreciate that and you show appreciation for that person. And I think that's how they know that you're in their corner. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, I think entrepreneurs definitely need, need to know that someone's in their corner. So I think that's how we made it work, particularly in the beginning yeah. um, and, and, and still now. Okay. Okay. Uh, Todd, Eric, do you want to add anything in? I would just say as a um, an entrepreneur needing in, in the initial phases when you're becoming an entrepreneur, learning how to run your business or learning how to do anything in particular, asking for help is something I didn't do very well early on. And so I had to learn how to ask for help, learn how to reach out and utilize my support system in order to keep the, the gears rolling well. Otherwise, you know, you know, I could have crashed and burned a lot earlier um, in my, my entrepreneur career. Yeah, and, and I, I second that completely. And um, I would also say that uh, it's really important, especially when you're dealing with someone who either you're dating or someone who, who, is, who might be a spouse, um, it's really important to bring them in slowly. Right. If it's so easy to be like, here's my life. Boom. And it's just so, so intense for other people that it's just, you know, you just got to give them pieces and tastes and then kind of kind of ease, ease it in, ease yeah. it in, you know, because it's a volatile situation. Absolutely. I don't think I knew what he did for like the first five dates. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. What do you do? <laughs> My mom still doesn't know what I do. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think ours does. Oh, my. No, my, my mom does know. <laughs> I just want to say how, Ty, you are so funny. That sound effect, like, saying the, 
<laughs> <laughs> the sound waves like through the roof. It's so funny. So create your life family. Uh, we are having an amazing time here on CEO Talks. Um, <laughs> laughing till tears are in our eyes. Uh, hit us up. Find out more. Ask questions to the wives of the CEOs. Um, and, you know, just find out uh, more about how to make your relationship and entrepreneurship work. Um, and we are going to cut to a quick musical break. Uh, so give us a call, 212-650-6903. We will be right back. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back. And this is uh, CEO-oing, as uh, Taiwana <laughs> said today. <laughs> but today's CEO Talks is love and CEOing, where we have the beautiful wives of the gentlemen who are consistent uh, contributors to the Create Your Life series and the Create Your Life family. And jumping right in, we had the opportunity to hear from uh, these two beautiful couples. But one thing that we did overstep was how long they have actually been married. So can you all please tell us how long you've been married? Six years. Okay. And that's Todd, that's Melissa yes. and Todd Wanish. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Six years. Six, six years. And we've been married for three and a half years. Three and a half years. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, but Todd and Melissa, you were together prior to being married. So how long have you been together total as well? Uh, nine years, almost 10. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Eric and Danielle? Five years, almost six. Yeah. Almost six years yeah. mm-hmm, okay. that we've been together. Oh, it's about to be six, like, next month or the month after, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. Hey, look at this. <laughs> this guy remembers his anniversaries. All right. Way to stay out of the dog. <laughs> Melissa, Melissa engraved up my dates in, into my wedding Oh, ring. okay. So I got, I got nice. all the dates, like, right But, Todd, there. you guys yeah, have some really forget. cool date sequence going on. Break that down for us real quick. Mm-hmm. I'll let Melissa. Okay. Oh, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> Melissa. Break that down. I'll learn my lesson. Six, seven, eight. Uh-huh. Is uh, that was our first date? Okay, nice. very cool. Uh, eight, nine, ten is when he asked me to marry him. <laughs> Although technically it was the day before, um, because he figured I would have guessed if he took me somewhere strange <laughs> nice. on eight, nine, ten. Yeah, she would have known. So I like to say it was eight, nine, ten observed, um, <laughs> but it was the day before. But he did tell us, okay. Sidebar, he did take me to Central Park in the middle of August. <laughs> he hates the heat. So when he said, he do you want to go to the park? Uh-oh. I dressed like this is, I've yeah. been engaged. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was just so weird. I love it. Um, so, uh, and then um, 9, 10, 11 is our wedding day. Wow. That is very so cool. I love it. Yeah. Very, very cool. Okay. We almost got married on 12, 13, 14. What? Almost. Almost. Then we got a TV show and they, <laughs> that changed the date. <laughs> you know what? I, I want to say, I think that, thank you both, uh, both couples for, for sharing that. But I think that's something else that's really cool. You know, you've had all of this time together and time helps you breed schedules. Right. And that you get to learn each other, the yin and the yang of one another. You all are also new parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so how does one go about balancing parenting, work, you know, entrepreneurship, love for, between yourselves and your personal time? Like, what are some of your schedules? And I mean, how do you balance all of that? It just seems like a lot. And, you know, I've met Julia, Todd and, and Melissa's beautiful daughter. Um, we're still working on, you know, what color her eyes are going to actually end up being. <laughs> Every time I talk to Todd, I'm asking, like, what color are her eyes today? What color are her eyes today? And she's a ginger. She has red hair. Mm-hmm. So cute. Aww. And then we have Miss Autumn, who is here, who's actually been on the show before secretly. She had a l- couple of things to say <laughs> before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, tell us. Ours is a is a work in progress. Um, as as she's in this first year of life, uh, the first couple months, because uh, we are work at home parents, 
Um, we do um, really love hanging out with her and, and being able to, you know, have that as, as, you know, a luxury of setting our own schedule. Um, the luxury part is great, but the hard part is, yes, um, balancing the work uh, and getting it done. And the first couple months, but um, for six months, uh, not too hard because she could be laid down somewhere and she could play, uh, you know, with things above her head and she was good. But now she's moving and grooving mm-hmm. and doesn't <laughs> like when you leave the room. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot harder. Yeah, we've um, had to really juggle our schedule. So right now, honestly, what it is is uh, in the morning, I, I take care of the kid. I take care of Julia until about 10 or 11 o'clock. And we have like a, a flex hour. Um, if, if I need more work, then I get that extra hour. If Melissa needs more, has more work to do with a client or something, then she gets it. And then my time to work is usually from 11 or noon till about 3 or 4, depending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we switch back, and then it's dinner. Uh, and then we try to put Julia down around, well, we try to put her down around at like 7.30-ish, but it's usually not. And, uh, <laughs> and honestly, after that, we... I think we, we our, our time together, we usually try to just sit on the couch and we, we usually all watch maybe an hour of television or Netflix for an hour, some, something for an hour, mm-hmm. just us. Uh, and then it's, you know, Melissa goes to bed around 1030. That's, that's like her thing. Um, <laughs> and I used to, I used to, I'm, I slowly, my body clock has naturally migrated a little later. So I usually stay up till about midnight or one. And that's, that's my quote unquote, yeah. like my time, you know, that's sometimes I'm super productive. Sometimes I'm, I'm just a vegetable. It just depends. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I would say that Eric, well, we've been parents for a year and a half now. Um, and so our daughter, Autumn, she definitely requires a lot more uh, overseeing because <laughs> she gets into everything. She can walk and run and reach and, and climb and, and yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, you know, it's all hand on all hands on deck with her. Um, but Eric is really good because he tends to take the morning hours. Um, and so he's with her from when she screams around six 30. Um, <laughs> she's moved back, back from five 30. Thank goodness. Oh, um, yeah. But she was waking up at five 30 pretty much for the first year of her life. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he'll get her in the morning and, and, um, until about 10 and that's when he leaves. And then, um, I work from home part time. And so I have her for the rest of the day. And then usually I, I tend not to, um, try to do any work because it's almost impossible, um, with her until after Eric comes home, um, around seven, six thirty seven every night. Sounds about average. Um, and then, um, you know, he kind of volleys and he'll do bath time. Um, and then, you know, he's usually the first to go to sleep since he actually leaves um, home to go to work. Um, and then I'm like a late night person because I, I feel like that that is my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's doing work. And then the other times, like Todd said, it's being a vegetable, <laughs> um, Netflixing, Instagramming, anything. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much our schedule, right, babe? Yeah, definitely. I um I try to make sure that I uh, have at you know a few more than two hours a day with her, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, because she wakes up in the morning, I only have so much time before I have to head to work, 
And then depending on how long I'm at work, there's only so much time before her bedtime. Because like you guys, we try to stay really rigid about that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's bath time and then that's straight into bedtime. Like that's the process. It's sort of a cue we try to set up for her. And so from when I get home and when she goes to bed, that's maybe two hours max. And that's if she's pushed it and is already, you know, rambunctious and doesn't want to go to sleep right away. So, you know, I, I just try to take advantage of as much time with her as possible. But when she does go to bed, I do, um, I notice, <clears throat> and this is, I guess, a different dynamic that in order to meet my partner's needs, you know, we need to like sort of download in each other adult a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being around a baby all day long uh, is not necessarily as intellectually stimulating. <laughs> <laughs> Some may think it is. So, what does that mean exactly? Download an adult. You know, tell, t- telling each other about your day, talking about things that are happening in the news, you know, having a yeah. conversation that's above uh, baby babble. Current <laughs> events. Yeah. Current events. You know. Yeah, talking friends about friends and stuff. family. Yep, yeah. Friends and mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I depend on Todd to to filter my news. I, I just don't have time for that. So uh, that's that's our conversation. What happened in the day, Todd? And yeah. He condenses what's important for me. Mm-hmm. I think because we work at home, ours uh, a lot of what we do is more about seg- like we, we have specific rules for ourselves. So one of the rules is uh, there's no business before breakfast. None. Mm-hmm. None. Because we've done that too many times to each other where one of us gets up early and the other person hasn't had coffee. They're just <laughs> just woke up and you're like, hey, so someone just emailed us and we had that. And you're just like, oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. No. And it always ends badly. Yeah. yeah. Always. So then it's like, oh, right. Okay. You haven't eaten. We haven't sat down together. We haven't had coffee or food or anything. Angry so, cues. So no yeah. business before mm-hmm. breakfast. That's a, that's a hard rule. Uh, another one we have... Uh, is that is that usually around four o'clock every day we take a walk, mm-hmm. and uh, especially nice. both as husband and wife and both and as co-founders. So it doesn't matter what we talk about on that walk. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes we talk about business. Sometimes we talk about family. It doesn't matter. But just getting out and being active and going away mm-hmm. from where we both live and work allows allows our minds to kind of drift a bit and. And relax and, and recenter ourselves, you know. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. and when you when you all take this walk, just curious, uh, Todd and Melissa, is is Julia with you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. You know, maybe you know. A, well, a she's. Grandparent she, I mean, she's nine. She's nine months now. She's old enough to take care of herself, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, right now she's not really listening. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, no, we so we take her with us. We take her with us. Um, she, uh, she likes us out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leaves the baby a, at home. She's okay. in the I mean, I didn't know. I thought the grandparent or maybe your aunt or uncle, you know, No, we, we take her with us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's good for her too, right? Like, yeah. you know, she's mm-hmm. in, in, in the inside all day. So with that being said, you know, oftentimes, you know, we have to leave the home in order to have meetings or to get certain types of business done. Yeah, it's a struggle. And yeah, it's definitely a struggle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to bring this back. You know, we might bring back, you know, something the meeting didn't go right or someone, you know, may have bumped into us on the subway. You know how New York is. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are some of the, the rituals or things that you all do in order to make sure that that energy doesn't come in and affect the peace of your household? Oh, boy. Oh, that's a tough it, one. It might. Yeah, <laughs> it, it will. I don't know that uh, we've accomplished yeah. that. Guarantee that it's going to at some point or another. Yeah. I think that that's you human know, nature. I would say, I would say for us, it's, I don't think it's, 
at least in our case, I don't think it's so much a negative conversation, like a negative meeting, because we've had so many good ones and bad ones. Like, mm-hmm. we're so used to it that we, I think we know how to handle it with each other. Um, what the struggle is for us is that because we have dedicated times to work, and we've mm-hmm. made the choice to, you know, raise Julia together and try to be there both full-time for her. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a meeting in the city and my client or this person that I have to meet uh, falls outside my window of my work time, mm-hmm. right, we have to adjust for that because then I'm, I'm technically taking away time from her clients and what she needs to do in, in Melissa's business. So, so we have to negotiate that. So sometimes we pat it on different days or pat it in the evening or, or we'll say, okay, you know, well, you can go take do this, but in return, do I get an extra time on this day or, you know, next Thursday, I'm going to have to do this. So, you know, it's, it's a negotiation that that's actually probably the the biggest struggle because at least with my side of the business, I mean, my job is meeting people and talking to people and it's, it's a struggle. That's Mm -hmm. a hard part. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how, what it's like when you work and, uh, are in a, a committed relationship in the same home with a child. <laughs> Those are just the two easy ones, though. <laughs> but all of that, because I know that um, me and Danielle are, are pretty much on the same wavelength, and when someone's wavelength is off, the other person picks up on it. Yeah, immediately. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's something doesn't right. smell yeah. right here. What's going on <laughs> yeah. with you? Yeah. And so I think that the, the sol- it's not really a solution, but the the goal is on the person who's emoting, the person who's going through it, their job is to to try and not allow it to take over their life, right? To right. realize the, the momentary uh, aspect of it and so to not get so in their feelings because they know it affects other people. And then the person who's actually witnessing their spouse or their partner emoting, I think their job is to, you know, just empathize that it's a process, it's an emotional journey. Let them go through it all the way to the end and then provide constructive criticism as opposed to stopping someone's journey before they're through it because then that'll just take you into an area you don't want to be in. You know, allowing people to feel because we are human. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. something I think I've that's learned. super important. Um, I think can be, it can be easy to want to try to contain emotions, but ultimately if you're disappointed, if you had a difficult conversation or meeting or something didn't go the way that you wanted it to, um, you know, there are feelings that stem from that. Um, and I think you have to take it day by day. Um, sometimes I can tell that, you know, something's going on with Eric and I just try, you know, based on looking at, you know, just kind of like how he's emoting, whether it's important for me to ask him right now, right then, or does he need more time to process what's what happened? Um, and so sometimes it's just, you know what, let me wait until the baby's sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's more quiet, you know, that's allowed him some time, you know, he's eating dinner, you know, okay. What happened today? <laughs> yeah. And um, I think also it's important to communicate your needs at the moment as the person uh, going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, I, I think there was one time recently where I was just, I, I just need 10 minutes because Todd wanted to me to read an email or he, you know, something because, you know, mm-hmm. the baby is taking a nap. Oh, good. It's time for Melissa to help me with, with whatever. <laughs> and I was like, no, I need 10 minutes. Yeah. I need... 10 minutes, don't talk to me, don't touch me, just 10 minutes. And so I think that's important to to communicate 
as lovingly as you can. <laughs> yeah. Be- because it's just like, no, I, I know I know the baby's asleep right now or you now oh now you're off your phone call. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like it's it's um you just have to touch base and and we pretend to have office doors. I think that's also a thing, like a work at <laughs> home, a, big thing. a work at yeah. home tip for people. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you both happen to work at home, uh, you, you really need to to pretend there's a door. Yeah, we physically yeah. So, like she's she's being very literal. Like we actually say the door is closed, and then <laughs> when when the other comes in, we're like. Knock, knock, and we make the gesture. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, you know, just hey, do you mind if I bother you? Can I just, mm-hmm. you know, two minutes of your time? Because it boundaries. takes them. It takes Setting them. It also yeah. takes you know the thirty seconds or so to come out of whatever you're doing right. to then mm-hmm. pay attention to the other person, and you know that. It's interesting how offices with doors really do allow that. <laughs> so. Yeah, psychological it's so impact. Funny yeah, because um, Eric often works from home, probably about once a week sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and that totally changes the dynamic of Autumn and I. And then, you know, it's like he needs time, like he needs basically office doors, right? But I have a one. We have a one and a half year old running around, and so <laughs> then it becomes my job to contain screaming with her, her opera lungs. You know, when he's on like a very important call, and so it like my stress level goes through the roof when he's working from home, um, because now we have this whole other person to now try to contain. Um, and I'm like, this is not your office, though, you know, <laughs> or our bedroom is not your office, but then it becomes your office and you just kind of have to work around it and figure out what works. And, you know, even when you know, you know, you have a system that works that some days, you know, if Autumn is teething really badly or something, you know, then you have to adjust for that. And maybe what worked yesterday is not going to work today. And maybe I'm a little bit more frustrated today. And so it's true because she changes, kind of empathize you know, with that. Our, our daughter changes like every oh, yeah. three oh, weeks. Man. Yeah. Oh, every three time. weeks Constantly. she's a different person. Yeah. Oh, she reacts to the world and stimulus yeah. differently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was a point where we realized when she missed us, right? She knew when we were gone and was excited when we came back oh into the gosh. room. So and so now when I stay home, she knows that I'm home mm-hmm. and she's a different person when she knows that I've left the house. She's like, all right, I can wait till 630. It's like her her biological clock actually mm-hmm. knows when it's yeah. time for me to come home. Yes. Mm-hmm. She goes to the door and she sits in front of the door. <laughs> and I to, yeah, I have to text him like, uh, are you close? Are you close? <laughs> yeah, because baby girl's waiting. She's, she knows oh, it's that man. time. She knows. So, so if I'm home, know. it's like, oh, I get to play with daddy all day mm-hmm. long. <laughs> Super playtime for her yeah. so. okay yeah. um, I guess one of my questions for you all is obviously you've you've mastered this chemistry and you've done some you know you have a family everything's going amazing you know 99.9% of the time right <laughs> um, at the times where it's, you can't speak to your spouse um, you know and sometimes you might need outside consultation who has been your rock to kind of bounce ideas off of or when things are less than ideal uh, in your relationship. And I guess I would also ask who should someone not be consulting with in regards to their relationship? Oh, well, I'll tell you, <laughs> being completely honest, the answer to that is Melissa. It's, it's, there, there is no outside counsel because, uh, if there's any problem, uh, honestly, um, my responsibility is to bring it up to her. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, and honestly, it, you know, and we're we're close enough now, you know. And I think maybe some of that is 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 because we work at home, and, or because we're just so close all the time. Like, you know, she's my best friend as well as being my business partner. So, if I can't share it with her, who can I share it with? That's so sweet. <laughs> and that's how you stay married. <laughs> I totally have someone I talk to. I love you. Sorry. Um, it's okay. I was no. thinking I do too. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there's there's uh, a friend of mine, um, Jolyn, and uh, before baby, we would meet weekly, um, and uh, and that was really great just to to talk to her. And I think part of the reason uh, she was easier to talk to than other friends about you know just general things was because she is also an entrepreneur, um, and, uh, and a go-getter and, um, you know, all these different things. And so I think, I think it would be hard to talk to someone who, uh, you know, my other friends, I think just don't really understand cause they have, you know, regular jobs, mm-hmm. um, you know, I- exactly the stresses that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's better to find someone, um, who, you know, even if they're not a business owner right now, who has at least gone through it, um, I think that's that's the better the better person uh, that for me to to talk about those those types of mm-hmm. of complaints that the women uh, have to complain about to somebody. <laughs> we have to. I don't think there's a right answer to it, but I think there's two shared. Um, uh, traits that yeah, the person has to have. What works for you? The first one is some parallel lifestyle or understanding of what you're going through mm-hmm. so that they can provide some sage advice. Otherwise, they're just talking from hearsay. And then the second one is intention. And the person you're speaking to, they need to have your best intention at heart. So I know wholeheartedly that the person Danielle speaks to wants us to stay married forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, I know, I, I believe she knows that the person I speak to wants us to stay married forever. Man, who are these people? And so, the people. Man, we want to know the real people. <laughs> so, I mean, mine is my best man for my wedding. Okay. Uh, Michael Holland. He's, uh, we've been, we've known each other for going on 10 years now. Yep. And um, whenever beca- the parallel lifestyle, he's also married, also has a child that's coming up on two years or uh, uh, just turned two. He's a daughter. She's and a has a daughter. So there's many things that he went through that I went through after him and mm-hmm. could ask him, just bounce ideas off of him. But then always he's been a proponent of my relationship. Um, and then I let Danielle talk about her person. <laughs> yeah, my person is my best friend from college, Rashida. Um, she is like my twin and, you know, she's, she's been there since before Eric and I, and since I met him and she was the first person that I told, like, there is something different about this guy. I really, (laughs) I really, really like him. And I think, you know, something could be there. Um, and she's just someone who has a great head on her shoulders. She's a psychologist. She's not my therapist, but (laughs) you know, she Officially. officially, right. Um, She's just she has a great head on her shoulders and ultimately she is someone who supports us um, and she's part of our family. You know, she views Eric as a brother um, and she's a sister to me. And so, you know, I can talk to her because sometimes I mean, I can't speak for all women, but definitely for myself. You just need that buffer that sometimes things feel really heavy um, and really intense, and you don't want to always bring that 
to your partner, you need you need a buffer to kind of talk to first. Um, and so she's really good at just kind of bringing perspective um, into the situation. And like I know and sometimes I just need to blow off steam. It's not even about, you know, whether I know um you know whether the situation is so serious but sometimes it's just i need to blow off a little bit of steam i don't want to be complaining and i want to focus on whatever the issue is so if it's like this small issue i want to go for that so if i blow off the steam over here and now i can go talk to eric and you know it's not that big of a deal and we can have a small conversation about it awesome i'm loving it Mm -hmm. and we're approaching the end of the show so i guess my last um question to you all would be you know one you get one answer Real quick, um, one tip for that you would uh, recommend to someone who's not, you know, married and in the place where you all are, but uh, for love and CEOing or entrepreneurship, uh, dating an entrepreneur. I'm sorry. Um, take the risk. Just take it. Don't be afraid. Okay. Dang, that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could I can match that. Uh, I, I would say I would say to be open. Uh, to to different experiences because uh, if you've never dated an entrepreneur or if you're an entrepreneur and you haven't dated someone that's not an entrepreneur it's it's a it's like night you just have to recognize that it's night and day so um, being open to being wrong you know learning how to you know adjust your idea of what success looks like what what um, uh, the right choice looks like just learning how to figure out life before someone else tells you what's right and wrong. Um, I would say don't be afraid to flip traditional. I would say don't be afraid to flip roles on their head and just, mm-hmm. you know, kind mm-hmm. of get yeah. in there and give and take. And do what works for you. Just mm-hmm. do it. Oh, Nike. <laughs> hey. um, okay. So that being said, where can we stay in contact with you at Melissa, Todd, Eric, Danielle, social media handles, website, et cetera, et cetera. Let us know. Uh, I my website is rubythursday.com and you can email me at melissa at rubythursday.com I'm over at cleverera.com and uh, if you go there there's just a little pop-up modal you put your email in there and we'll stay in contact uh, you can find me at eric at itelio that's i-t-e-l-l dot i-o and you can keep up with me and my family adventures at on Instagram at Danny, D-A-N-N-I underscore face um, at Instagram.com. Okay. Well, beautiful people, uh, that wraps the show. Uh, it's been an amazing one. And uh, thank you all for being here, you know, on air with us, uh, Create Your Life family. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah. That was fun. Nah, a pleasure. Yeah, okay. right? <laughs> Feel the love. Feel the love. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Next time, do we get to hear your love stories? Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. 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 Create your life.
create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. <laughs> <laughs>